the service tonight. Enjoy the singing. Enjoy the worship. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you'll turn with me, we'll go to the book of Isaiah. I ought to tell you, I ought to tell you that I'm going to read a brand new scripture. As soon as I read it, some of you are going to say, uh -huh, I know what you're going to preach. But we'll see. I want you to turn to Isaiah, the ninth chapter. And the sixth verse. Praise the Lord. And we'll see. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I want to extract out of that just his name shall be called. His name shall be called. Lord, we're so thankful tonight for this opportunity to talk about your word, to feel your presence. We want you now, oh God, to move in our midst. Help us, Lord, tonight. Open our minds. Open our understanding. Help us, Jesus, in your name. Oh God, we want you to talk to us. We want you, Lord God, to let us feel your presence tonight as we're here. We felt you this far in the service, and we want you, Lord, to continue with us. Anoint the whole congregation, Lord. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. His name shall be called. Many years ago, I believe it was Sister Morgan, Sister A.T. Morgan, testified that said, and she said that she was on the plane and she was talking to a young preacher. And she told him, she said, there's something that I am very concerned about. And he, he said, what's that? He, she said, I don't hear the name of Jesus enough. Used to be we'd hear a lot about the name of Jesus. But she said, I hear lately that they refer to him. They call him Lord. They call him the Savior. But we don't hear the name of Jesus enough. And I want to talk about the name of Jesus. You, if, you, if you remember, that's about all we can preach is Jesus. But uh, we find that the uh, 
rules and laws when it comes to the name shall, it means will happen in the future or intended to happen. In the rules and laws indicating that something must happen or someone is obligated to do something because of the, a rule or a law. This is Isaiah talking. This is way back before Jesus was ever crucified. This back in the days of, uh, of the, uh, the prophets. And, and uh, Isaiah's writing this, and he said, Unto us a child is given, unto us uh, a son is born, unto us a child is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called. In other words, what it's saying to me is there is not a name right now that carries all of these attributes. But there's coming a name. There's going to be a name. That is, uh, the government shall be upon him, and his name shall be called Wonderful. There's going to be a name that is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. In other words, one of these days it's going to come to pass. The Isaiah was a prophet. And he was prophesying of this. So we, uh, we look at this and we, in the Old Testament, we find that there are many names that God used. And he used them for different purposes. Now, we, we assume we don't really know, but we assume that the name of God is Jehovah or Yahweh, or whatever you want to, however you want to put it. We assume it is. But the Hebrew language has no vowels. So Moses is spelled M-S-S. So in the Hebrew language, you have to speak it. It has to be up-to-date spoken to really know what it means or to understand it. And so it's like in uh, uh, Psalms 110. We find there that David... Writing it, he said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand until I make your foes the footstool. And as I read that, I thought, Why would he say, The Lord said unto my Lord? And so I called a rabbi told him what I wanted. Incidentally, sister, if you're working with Jewish people, talk to them about the oneness of God. 
Tell them you believe in one God. Tell them you believe, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. They'll talk to you. Amen. But uh, when I was talking to him, I said, you know, the Bible, I'm not, I, I believe in one God. I believe that there's only one supreme God. And he said, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I said, but here in uh, Psalms 110, it seems like that there's possibly two. Because he said, the Lord said unto my Lord. And he said, okay, let me look, let me look, let me look. And he began to look, and he said, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, I, and pretty soon he said, oh, yes, and he, he, he said what I just said a while ago. If you are to understand Hebrew, you have to speak it as well to be able to read it. He said, it has to be up to date. You, because, uh, and he said, here in the Hebrew language, the Adonai said unto the Adoni. He said, now, unfortunately, they're both spelled the same. So he said what he is saying here, he said the Adonai is the supreme God. The, he is the Elohim. He is, and then he said the Adonai is like governor or king. And what David is saying here is God said unto the king, or he said unto me, Set thou on my right hand till I make thy foes thy footstool. And he said, if you'll remember, God allowed David to defeat all his enemies. Oh, what a testimony. What a testimony. It is possible under the direction of our God to defeat all our enemies. Praise the Lord. There is not an enemy that can come against us that the Lord cannot handle. Praise the Lord. But anyway, here, you see, when we look at this and we realize that these things must be, uh, that this is the way it is, and we accept that Jehovah is the spelling, you see, to the Jews, to the Hebrews, the name of God was so sacred and so holy that they feared to even speak it lest they speak it wrong and desecrate it in some way. So they quit pronouncing it, thinking that they wouldn't uh, uh, desecrate it if they didn't pronounce it. And it don't take long to lose something. So that's why I say that we assume that Jehovah or Yahweh is the right pronunciation. We don't really know. They don't know. They accept that. And so we, but we need to be very careful, but whatever it was, and however it was, 
it didn't carry with it what this name that is going to come to pass carries. It didn't have the authority and the power that this name that shall, and that his name shall be. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you folks, we ought to be so thankful when we hear the name and realize what we have got in our hands and what we have that we uh, at our fingertips. No wonder Paul said, if we neglect so great, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? You see, uh, the Old Testament tells us a lot of things when we begin to read it. You see, there's uh, a strange thing about the Old Testament. The sun is mentioned, but there wasn't any sun in the Old Testament. You, you read from Genesis to Malachi. All it is is here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. All it is is one God. The Lord, he is God. All the way through there. Then all of a sudden in the New Testament, a son shows up. And someone made another God out of it. But we find in Proverbs, the 30th judge said, Who? Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fist? Who hath bound the waters in garment? Who hath established all the ends of the, the earth? What is his name? Now, if his name was known then, someone could have answered him. But he said, what is his name? And what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? Then we find in Judges, seventeenth, uh, the 13th chapter, that an angel appeared unto Manoah and his wife. Well, it appeared unto Manoah to start with and told her that she was going to have a child. And she told Manoah, and Manoah said, in so many words, he said, I want him to tell me that. So the Lord sent his angel and told Manoah. And after Manoah had uh, listened to all of this and talked to him, and Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord, What is thy name? That when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honor. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou my name, seeing it is a secret? See, God's... God has some secrets. He has some things that he don't tell everybody. You'll, if you study the scripture, you'll find that in uh, 
when you start talking about the uh, disciples, you'll find that after Judas went out and hanged himself, after he went out and betrayed Jesus, that there were some last-minute things that Jesus gave the apostles that Judas didn't know anything about. Those are the things I'm interested in. I'm interested in those things that, I, I mean, I, I want the finer points. I want to know what's going on. I, I, I want to find the, the mind of God. The Bible said, let this mind be in you, the same mind that was in Christ. I want to think like him. I want to act like him. I want to find out what I'm supposed to be. I, uh, I, I want him as an example. But he said, who has ascended up? Now, you and I know. But back in the days of the Proverbs, they didn't know. He said, who has ascended uh, up into, the he into heaven or descended? And who hath gathered the wind in his fist? You see, and then in Job, you'll find Job the 38th chapter and Psalm the 104th chapter, Isaiah the 40th chapter, you'll find how that creation all came together, how it was all about. In Job, he, when Job was going through his problems and Job was talking about, about all that he knew and he, in this discourse, and he said, and God came to him and he said, where were you when I hung the stars in place? Where were you when I did all of this? When it was when I did it all, this creation, you see, and uh, so they they knew God. They knew Him as Jehovah Jireh. They knew Him as Jehovah Nissi. They knew Him as the omnipresent God. They knew him as the omniscient one. They knew him as the one that provided. They knew him as a God that heals. And they knew him in many manners, many ways. But there was coming a day that there was going to be some more knowledge. He was going to reveal some things. It hadn't been revealed yet. His name was still a secret. In, in Revelation, he said, you'll write upon him a new name. But uh, you see, back then, we don't understand. We really don't understand what it was like to live back in those days. A lot of times people say, oh, I wish I lived in the days of Elijah, I wish I lived in the days of Samuel. I wish I lived in the days of Moses. You know what? I'm so happy for this day. There were so many things they didn't know back then. There were so many things they didn't understand. You see, you see the Bible tells us that back in those days, there was no clear vision. Moses, Moses is still read with a 
veil. But that veil has been taken away. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, I know it's intriguing, and I know it's, uh, uh, it's exciting to read back there where the, he parted the waters. Came to the river, and he parted the waters. And, he, and he, where he uh, did this, and he did that. And we think, oh, my, that must have been wonderful. It's not any more wonderful than today. In fact, it wasn't as wonderful as today. A lot of times, I don't know why they ask me this, but every once in a while someone will say, Brother Myers, what about old-time Pentecost? I said, I'll tell you about old-time Pentecost. It's not near as good as it is today because we're nearer today. We haven't got as far to go today. We're getting closer all the time. Oh, I know, 54 years ago when they talked about the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of an archangel and the trump of God and, and uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And I thought, man, that's happening tomorrow. But it didn't. But you know what? I'm closer to it today than I was then. I'm 54 years closer to that. I don't know. And, and at this time, I, I, back there, I didn't think that I would ever be the one, the, one of those that uh, uh, rose first. I didn't, I didn't think that I would be one of, among the dead that rise first. But I'm telling you, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to be among that number. But you know what? You're not going to get there any quicker than I do because they shall rise to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Incidentally, if someone tells you that the rapture's already taken place, you tell them to get lost. They tell you that the Lord came way back in 1914 or whenever they claimed that he did. He said, well, I'm still looking for him. Praise the Lord. Well, he, so, but you see back there, everything was in the future. But we're living in the day that it's not all in the future. I, Brother Don, I need to bring this book back to you. I've read it. Frank, he had a book of Frank Crane that he loaned to me. And I saw it today, and I'm going to need to get it back to you. <laughs> but in that book, Frank Crane was a preacher. He was in, and this was written before the turn of the 20th century. It wasn't. It was in the 1800s, the latter 1800s. And he made a statement in there. He said that uh, uh, we have a tendency to put everything in the future. He said, but there are some things that we need to realize that we can have right now. 
we talk about heaven being way over yonder. And I don't believe in this doctrine of heaven on earth, but I'm telling you, we can have a little bit of it right here. Praise the Lord. I'm getting ready for it. I don't know about you, but when I received the Holy Ghost, I received the earnest of my inheritance. I didn't receive my inheritance, but I got a little taste of it right here. I've got a little bit of heaven right here. That's what makes me want to go there. I received an experience when I, uh, when I was buried in his name and filled with his spirit that makes me want to go and be with him. I can understand why some folks want to believe that, it, that it's not going to happen because if I'd had their experience, I wouldn't want to go either. Praise the law. But uh, you see... The angel of the Lord told Manoah, said, my name's a secret. But I'm telling you, we're living in the day that it's not a secret. Isaiah 62, in the second verse, says, And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness, and all kings thy glory. And thou shalt be called by a new name, which the Lord, which the mouth of the Lord shall name. Thou shalt be called by a new name. I'm telling you, Jehovah won't get it anymore. Yahweh won't get it anymore. All of those names in the Old Testament won't get it anymore. There's a new name. There's a new name that he's going to be called by. Angels, when the angel appeared unto Mary, well, let's, let's, let's do it this way. If you'll remember that in the New Testament, when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. On the road to Damascus, we finally find out who he is. When Paul saw the light and he said, Lord, who art thou? He said, I'm Jesus. The angel that appeared unto Mary said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now think about it. A little Hebrew girl, a virgin young lady, not just a little girl, but a virgin young lady that God that found favor in the sight of God. And the name of God hasn't been pronounced for years. There was no open vision back in those days. And here's this little 
made and the uh, an angel appears unto her and she said and he said blessed art thou among women and you know the story and she said the Lord himself the Lord is going to overshadow the spirit of the Lord will overshadow you <laughs> and you'll conceive but anyway, he said, you're going to have a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know, the enemy would like for us to forget what, re what that name really means. The enemy would like to, for us to forget the power that is in that name. There's one thing about it. We do not count that name sacred enough. There are other religions that have sacred things. But the enemy has tricked us into letting things become too common around. I, I admire those Hebrews that when the name of God was spoken that they trembled. The Hindus in India won't kill a cow because it's sacred. The uh, Muslims get very irate and very disturbed when the their Bible or their book is not handled just right if it's not taken care of. But we have a tendency to just forget that there are some things that are sacred. There are some things that we need to be very careful with. See, the angel, the, it's, it's prophesied, the mouth of the Lord is going to name this. The angel of the Lord said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou art found, and thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great. It's not going to, this, this one is not going to be just an ordinary person. He, is he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said unto, said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. The Holy Ghost. Oh, I got the Holy Ghost. 
Have you ever received the Oh, yeah, I got it. I'm telling you, things happen when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. We need to realize that things happen when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You see, I find this, that when the Spirit of, the Holy Ghost is nothing but the Spirit of God. And you find in, the, in Genesis that it said that uh, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved. Brother Weber, you can have a move of God without any action. But when the word, when he said, let there be light, there was light. You see, not only do we have the spirit of the Lord moving, but we must have the word along with it for really for it to happen, for it to take place. Everything is held in place by his word. He counts his word. Above everything else. Praise the Lord. And when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, young lady, things are going to happen. And uh, uh, the power of the, the highest shall overshadow thee. You see, when we receive the Holy Ghost, it's not just talking in another language. You see, when the Holy Ghost came upon Mary, the power of the highest, he that spread the, word, the heavens out by himself, he that gathers the, the, the wind in his fist and the waters in a garment, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, there is a power that comes upon you that is known by none other and it is above everything else. This that we've got is no ordinary thing. It isn't, it isn't, it isn't what the charismatics call born again. See, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, things happen. I hear people explain in a way that, well, they received the Holy Ghost, but they're still having problems with this, and they're still having problems with that. Well, I'm not advocating at all that when the Holy Ghost comes upon you that you're made perfect immediately. There, you, you still have things to overcome, but I'm telling you there's some worldly habits that when the Holy Ghost really comes upon you, they're gone. I smoke three, three packs of cigarettes a day. And when I was baptized in his name from that day on, I never desired another one. You see, there's power. Power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. I've heard people say, well, where is the blood applied? 
Well, if you don't know when the blood was applied to you, you are. You, you need another dip and not a Levi Garrett. It was applied when you repented of your sins, baptized in Jesus' name, and filled with his spirit. You see, this that I'm talking about tonight, when, when he overshadowed Mary and uh, uh, the power of the highest came upon her and uh, that that was born of her was called the Son of God and uh, uh, that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And Paul said it like this, that his name, his name, was above every name. God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, I, I know you say, well, Brother Myers, this is old hat to me. It may be, but that may be the problem. This is something we need to think about. You see, when, when, when God gave the law to the children of Israel, he told them, he said, I, I want you to talk about this all the time. I want you to write it upon the uh, the." Uh, uh, your, your doorpost. I want you to put it on the gatepost. I want it to be everywhere. I want you to be reminded of me everywhere you go. And honey, I want you to know it's time that we begin to remind ourselves that we're not just an ordinary people. We are a holy nation. We are a called out people. We are a royal priesthood. They may count us as the offscouring of the earth, but honey, I want you to know we're the children of the mighty God. We're the children of the everlasting Father. We're the children that are going to inherit all things. You may be seated. John 5, 43, Jesus said, I am come in my Father's name. I am come in my Father's name. And you receive me not. It's, it's a rare thing. It's a rare thing. For you to accept the name of Jesus. He said, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another should come in his own name, him you shall receive. I've got a couple of nieces. Well, did have two. One of them passed away. But when they left the truth and started down another road, 
They said, we've been liberated. We've been liberated as people. We don't have to do this, and we don't have to do that. Well, if that's your attitude, there's something wrong, because John, speaking of uh, his commandments, said they're not grievous to us. They're not grievous to us. I enjoy. I never had to give up one thing. I haven't regretted one thing since I came into the Lord. He has been so good to me. And he has given me so much in return. You see, he said one time, talking to, to the disciples and to the people, he said, no man has forsaken houses or lands or father or mother or sisters or brother that should not return, receive a hundredfold in this life and the life to come. I was so happy when I found out you was my brother. I was so happy when I found out that you were my sisters. I was so happy when I found out this was my family. You see, this, and it's not just here on earth. But this name of Jesus is the name of the whole family in heaven and in earth. I'm telling you, there's no reason for us to be uh, letting our chin drag. And there's no reason for us to be down in the mullet grubs. You say, oh, Brother Myers, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't care what you're going through. I've been through a few things myself, and I've struggled with it. But, honey, I want you to know I've never been sorry about being walking with God. I've never been disappointed in what God's doing for me. I've never been disappointed in him my daddy my daddy is the everlasting father my daddy is the prince of peace my daddy is wonderful oh hallelujah you see you may be seated and someone already quoted this. You see, in Acts 3, 19, the apostles being questioned by what name or what authority that young man was healed. He said, if we're being questioned, it was in the name of Jesus. And let me tell you something. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men. Now get this. We quote it. But if we're not careful, we just go over the good parts. There's none other name 
There is none other name. There is none other name. Under heaven, given among men, that'll save you. None other. A few years ago, when we were down in 4th and E in Auburn, there was a young man came there. He was quite a scholar. And uh, some of you remember we had Bible studies down in the basement of the church on Friday nights. We was having a good time. And one day I was up in the office and he came in. And I had taught on the name of Jesus and he began to tell me how wrong I was. He said, his name is Yahweh. I said, maybe back there. And we talked a while, and the longer we talked, well, the more disturbed he got. And finally, he looked at me and pointed his finger at me, and he said, in the name of Yahweh, I rebuke you. I said, go ahead. There's no power in it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. There's more authority in that name than any name that ever has been. That's why in, in, in Mark that he told him, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Bible said, and Romans said, if you call, everyone calls on the name of the Lord, she'll be saved. There's salvation power in that name. That's what brought you to where you are today is the name of Jesus. You didn't do it on your own. You didn't merit it. But in the name of Jesus, you are what you are. By the grace of God, Paul said, I am what I am. His name is Jesus. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. I don't know if you remember or not, but one day, one day we was having a, well, most of you weren't here that time. I forgot. It was a long ways back. But one time we was having a Bible study in the basement of that church down on Fourth and E. And there was a man that was in there. We was he was one that we was given the Bible study to, and he had uh, uh, just been out in the world, and he was just he 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 didn't uh, know anything but the world. And and while we was teaching, he became angry and and. Uh, he, he stood up and he challenged anyone to go outside. He'd fight them. And it looked like there was going to be a fight. There was a man there that was willing to go out with him. You know, you're, 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 
in in some ways you want to be careful because you don't know what the, some of these people have been. But I saw it was getting real edgy. The man was standing up challenging. I said, in the name of Jesus, sit down. It looked like he had been hit by a rock. I'm telling you. The name of Jesus carries with it power. In my name shall you cast out devils. And I've told you this before, but I'm going to tell you again. That there's more devils cast out through the preaching of Jesus than any other way. Because it brings people to repent and all of those spirits begin to leave. Healings are in the name of Jesus. Needs are supplied in the name of Jesus. Deliverance is in the name of Jesus. He that believeth We've got to believe in this name, saints. We've got to believe in this name. You see, when the apostles were questioned by the authority, he said, I'll tell you what authority. It's the name of Jesus. And this is what it's all been. You remember in the book of Acts, the eighth chapter, when they when they uh, they were persecuted in uh, uh, in Jerusalem and they were scattered abroad, and uh, uh, Philip went down to uh, Samaria. You know what the Bible said? He preached unto them Jesus. He preached unto them Jesus. Let's let's read it. Let's read it. Let's read it. Somebody didn't take it. The eighth chapter. Same time Paul was converted. Therefore they were that were scattered abroad, went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake. And heard and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies, and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy. And there was great joy. And there was great joy. When I look at some of you sitting in the house of God, sitting where the power of God moves, and I see you, you're all screwed up, look like you, uh, you've lost your last friend. Honey, that's not the God that I serve. There was joy. There was great joy in that city. Oh, I'm telling you, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you shout. It'll make you dance. It'll, it gets all over you. It'll get, it'll get in your feet. It'll get in your hands. It'll get on the platform. It'll get back to the door. Uh, 
because your joy. With joy, we draw water out of the wells of salvation. With joy. You see, on the day of Pentecost, he said, these are not drunk as you suppose. He didn't say they weren't drunk. He just said they're not drunk on what you think they're drunk on. They're drunk on something that you don't know anything about. They were acting like drunk folks. Oh, hallelujah! Glory! Thank you, Jesus! What have they been drinking? Well, they'd been drinking at the fountain that never runs dry. When we enter into the kingdom, the Bible said, he that has entered into his rest has ceased from his works. I was so thankful when I really found out what it was all about. That all of those works I used to do. All of that that had a hold of me, I was delivered. Now, I mentioned this this morning. But if you're really going to get the experience you need, you're going to have to dig deep. as we stand. You're going to have to dig deep. There's nothing shallow about this. I remember when we first got the Holy Ghost. Oh, thank God for some people. Sister Dorothy and Glenn Watkins were a young couple there. Many nights, my wife and I and Dorothy and Glenn would just go and spend all night in the church. You young folks having a hard time living for God. There was a lot of young folks in those days. They were from poor families. They were farm workers. They knew what it was like to have a hard old get by. And we had church Sunday morning. Afternoon at 6, the youth would have service. 7.30 that night, the adults would have service. And I remember talking to some of them, saying, we're going out. Do you want to go with us? No. We're just going to spend the day at the church. You're just going to stay? Oh, yeah. We feel the presence of the Lord here. It's so comfortable here. It's so peaceful here. We're just going to spend the day here. 
They wouldn't eat. Their lunch. They'd fast their lunch. They'd just spend the day at the church. Then it come many times after that youth service. The power of God, those folks that would spend their time at the church, the power of God began to move through there. And you talk about feeling the power of God and people being delivered that night because there was some digging done. They were getting down on the rock. They fell in love with the Word of God. They fell in love with the presence of God. They cherished the opportunity just to be there. I think we need to do some digging. Some of you young folks bust because you can't have television. I think we ought to have television. Well, if that's all your experience is, go get one. But I've got something better than television. I've got something better than what, what I've got. I've got something that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. What is it? It's the name of Jesus. You, know, you go back into the book of Solomon. And when the bride looked out, and there she saw his shadow through the lattice work, and he slipped away from her. She went out into the streets, and she started asking the daughters of Jerusalem. She said, have you seen my beloved? Have you seen my beloved? And they'd say, what is your beloved above any other? Oh, let me tell you about my beloved. Oh, I'm telling you, I want to talk to you about my beloved. Why? Because my beloved is above every beloved. I'm telling you, he is something. And they didn't say it like this, but they said, what's wrong with you? And the Bible said that she said, I'm sick of love. In English, that means I'm lovesick. I'm lovesick. I can't let him get away. I can't let him sleep. Why? Because he means more to me than anything. There's not anything like praying through in the Holy Ghost into the presence of God to where you feel the power of God. You feel his loving kindness. You feel his gentleness. You feel his strength. You feel that he will protect you and guide you and keep you. And he just wipes away everything.
to see his name shall be called. Wonderful. Have you gotten to the place you can call his name wonderful? Is he wonderful? Wonderful. 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 Counselor, can you talk to him? Do you really talk to him as a counselor? You see, he is the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But we need to draw closer. There's an old song, and I want I'd like for us to sing it. It's just draw me near, draw me near. And if I've said anything tonight while we're singing this song that stirred up anything in you, Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. We've got to stir that up. But as we sing this tonight, if you really mean it, I promise you, you're going to, you're going to see something. Because the power of God's here. We don't have to be jumping the benches for the power of God to be here. I like to. But if you really want to be drawn near, You really put your heart into it. You know. Be near, near, blessed.